0: Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. And Lisa Page. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavides, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to it's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing. Amazing radio. Okay.
1: Welcome to It's M-Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining me this week, probably because his hand is covering his camera, Lavender Gooms.
0: My hand is covering the camera because I have to be at any moment's notice ready to unmute myself. What's up, Bob? Hello.
1: Also, back this week, Kid Presentable. Just a regular hello for me, fellas. How you doing? Great. You missed out the very special edition of the show last week, Stefan. It was the Bobby birthday celebration. There was a clown. There was balloons. There was, there was none of this stuff. We just talked about Kamara no Usman. Gonna, I mean, <laughs> no
2: one wants a fucking clown. They're the worst. I don't know how that occupation has stayed around for as long as you know as what it was has.
1: cool? When uh, when Doink the Clown was a bad guy and scary, that was a cool gimmick. Then he became a good guy, was- and it was terrible.
0: <laughs> what you was it cool was his- it? Sorry, go oh,
3: ahead second. Second. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, wasn't it like just like a year ago that like clowns were terrorizing America? Oh, yeah. Like, remember that? Like people were just like, it was a clown with a knife who was just chasing people. I'm like, why is this a thing? Oh, why yeah. is this a thing that's just happening in the world right now? Then
1: there was a
0: couple yeah, years ago every, right, when there was pirates. Every, <laughs> but every so often, you're going to find the lunatic who's in some type of Halloween costume just going around terrorizing people. Case in point, back in the 80s or so, there was the Central Park Ninja. As you can imagine, he was a ninja who was terrorizing people in Central Park.
1: I mean, at least the name was story it. writes itself. I was going to say the name's appropriate. <laughs> it sounds like Mike is your governor still got a job, by the way. Because let me tell you, that news does not sound good. <laughs> I don't want to get into it too much, but that does not sound like a good situation for uh, that man.
0: So far, he does. For those of you that don't know, I live in New York, and Governor Cuomo apparently thought it was a good idea to lowball those old people numbers. Oh, yeah. In, Go to in, Google in Cuomo. House.
1: You're going to learn a lot of stuff today, folks. All right. Um, boys he and girls. Has,
0: uh, he also has nipple rings, for those of you that don't know. Well, I did not know that. I didn't anymore. know that
1: now? That makes, I don't trust him anymore. Let me tell you that. He didn't increase my <laughs> trust in him. I don't either. Yeah. Why uh, does he
2: need to, you know... Censorize his nipples. Why does he need to make him feel good? I don't like that in my governor.
1: Um, anyway, our governor just goes and eats dinner after at a restaurant when telling us not to. That's our governor. I'm not
0: a huge fan of that either. I think what your governor did is worse because it's not like governor was out here killing the old people, he was just lying. No, This just not reporting it.
1: Yeah, my guy, ate, our guy ate a salmon, you know, a salmon piccata or something, and we, we got to hang him now for it. Um, all right, guys, uh, we're going to talk about the fact that we have the same welterweight champion as we did before. I also want to bring this up that people kept asking if he's the GOAT, and I'm just like, no, but I feel that shouldn't have been a debate after three title defenses. Um, we're going to talk about Macy Barber going down to Alexa Grosso, a big win for Miss Grosso, probably biggest win of her career. I'm not sure she's been, she's been co-main event of a pay-per-view before, um, so that's a big one for her. A lot of praise going her way afterwards. We're going to talk about Kelvin Gostelum saving his job. I know they didn't officially say he was going to get cut, but I'm going to go ahead and say I think he saved his job because it was looking terrible. Um, we're going to talk about Bellator putting together a lot of news this week, actually, in, in one tournament. We knew there would be a tournament, but, guys, they found a way to make it interesting for us. They really booked some matchups here. That sound like a good time. And you can argue their, well, their light heavyweight division pretty much on par with the UFCs or close to it until Izzy becomes champion in a month. Um Gonna talk about this booty card coming this weekend. Um, that let me tell you, if Derek Lewis or Curtis Blades one of them gets COVID again, they should cancel this thing. It's real bad, this thing. It's not a good card. It's terrible. Um would be a nice fight they could have added to this past pay per view this past weekend. Um and yeah, Stefan Struve retired again. So probably for the best, assuming he has financially got a plan. But let's get into it, Marcus. For a hot minute, we thought Gilbert Burns was about to be the welterweight champion of the world. Cracked Kamara Usman with an overhand right, right to the ear. We know that it just fucks up your equilibrium. Um, Kamar Usman survived. We learned that his strategy of "I'm gonna jab the fuck out of this guy" was not deterred by the fact that he got dropped in the first round, and really just showed that he was on another level. What do you think, Cap? What do you think about his performance?
2: yeah i mean overall i was very pleased with the fight um there's you know when we were talking about this fight last week i think there's a couple different ways it could have gone um and we definitely talked about it potentially being kind of boring we've we seen uzman when he can implement a grappling regiment and kind of get guys against the cage get them on the ground control them the fights can tend to be a little bit boring um we also know knew that you know burns was going to present a lot of interesting problems even if he tried to implement that strategy i just talked about his ground game is really good he's good off his back um and then most interesting you know standing up uh Gilbert Burns has shown a marked improvement in his hands, uh, his speed with his hands, and his power. So there was a lot of interesting dynamics to this fight. And what we got was a really exciting fight. It was kind of the best we could have hoped for. Um, You know, Gilbert Burns, I think, had the right strategy going out in the first round and really putting the pressure on Usman. He came right out of the gate and threw a right hand right in his face to show him, I'm taking center, you're following my lead, this is how this first round's going to go. And like you said, Bob... um, burns cracked him early and it was off of a jab um and it was it's it was just pure hand speed you know they basically both shot at the same time and usman throwing a jab which is a straight punch and We'll break down his jab because it was a key component in in his victory from both here.
1: sides too, man. He was hitting that jab right. from both from sides. Switching,
2: yeah, <laughs> but Burns in that moment in the first round when they were super fresh, he was able to throw a looping right hand over the jab faster than he was able to throw his jab. I think it really marked just how fast this dude's hands are and how powerful they are. It dropped Usman. It put him in a lot of trouble. And even after that first knockdown, uh, you know Gilbert still did some good stuff standing up to. You know, really put some punishment on Usman, who just ate these shots. You know, the, the next big shot came where he basically used a left hook to lead Usman to go to his right, and he threw a big head kick, land fucking flush with the shin. Probably would have finished most guys. Usman mm-hmm. ate it. Not only did he eat it, he was able to kind of deflect the kick a little bit after it hit him to get burns on the ground. And I think this is kind of where some some bad strategy came in. Gilbert Burns spent way too much time in the butt scoop position. After he hurt Usman, he allowed Usman to regain his uh, faculties. He allowed Usman to punish him to the legs with a lot of low kicks and some body shots. Um, The first round was obviously Gilbert Burns. He he landed some good shots outside of the ones I just mentioned. For the rest of the round, even though he would end up getting in that butt scoop position a couple of times, and it just ate up a lot of the clock, where Usman was able to you know regain his uh, faculties and you know do some damage. And I think what's most interesting after that first round, like you said, uh, Trevor Whitman t- told Usman, like, you have to use that jab still, which was concerning a little bit knowing that that jab was what led to the first big punch getting. But it really showed Trevor Whitman knowing how much work they put into that jab and knowing that if Usman can utilize that jab, get off first and set the pace he would be able to take over this fight. Didn't exactly he say what
1: that jab is why you're world champion? Is that what he told him, I think, after the second round? I, I think round?
2: he said something like that. Yeah. Dude, I, and, and real it,
1: quickly, Marcus, I think we got to hmm. put some... When I mean, Guzman was talking about putting respect on his name. And I don't know who at this point is not putting respect on Trevor Whitman's name. But Trevor Whitman, Rose Nama Yunus, Justin Gaethje, Kamaru Usman, this man knows what he's doing. He knows I think how to, that's one
3: of the a uh, big X factors of the fight is the fact that Burns and Usman are teammates. And, were I guess uh, they were. I don't. I'm well. the
1: story entirely. At one point they were, I guess. I, I, I think it's a, it's a split gym.
0: Usman, Usman is no longer at the wherever that gym with who. Is it's, it's, with, it's,
1: it's with Henry Hoof's team, right? What's left of the Black Zillions? Yeah,
0: he, he's no longer there anymore. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think
1: that's. I think that's that same. I think he just left though, like fairly recently. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. I, Steph, I Steph.
3: think if I think if this whole thing pushed him to doing that, I think it was good. Um. Hoof's team has limitations, right? Like, even kind of in some of the pre-fight stuff. I took Burns kind of on a whim. I, I wasn't on the last episode to really make my case, but he, he showed enough to show why he was a very viable contender. The skill sets are there. Um, I kind of liked him, uh, in the post showing he admitted he kind of, he didn't handle the fight well. He got too excited. Uh, he threw Cody Garbrandt under the bus. He said he Kobe, he, Cody Garbrandted it up by uh, getting too excited and swinging wildly. But that's he not necessary. Even, yeah, it, that was, <laughs> it, it, it's like this a guy he's, who had why, nothing why to do catching, fight,
1: I, think that's, I think that's called catching strays. Is that what the kids say? Yes, <laughs> that's that's I, is, that is great, right. Bob.
3: Um, but like, one of the things that was concerning when I watched like the countdown episode, he's like, yeah, I don't really have a game plan. You know, I just kind of... And then Hoof is like, I don't, I don't teach game plans. I just I teach them how to do techniques. Like, And I'm like, perhaps, that's what you want to hear. that's like, why that's,
0: Usman that's left.
3: the whole, it's it's like that's what you want to hear from a guy who's trying to coach a future world champion, right? Is that what you want out of your head coach? Not really. So um, Usman kind of moving on from there. I I think you know it's 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 good for him. Anyways, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, that's that was just kind of yeah, the X factor is back of it to you. Is kind I of mean, improving.
1: Mark back to you and that jab and you know the performance and hell man, I we I mean George St. Pierre I remember won an entire MMA fight jabbing the bejesus out of Josh Koscheck, and that was nine years ago. Jab in MMA still underutilized.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah and i mean and we didn't just see like a good jab like uzman's jab was phenomenal and it's it's really just about fundamentals of of throwing a good jab and, and really what made his jab so strong is not only this guy's super explosive and this is something you know you can really teach wrestlers to be good strikers you just have to do what you what they did for wrestling you just have to drill 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 they have the explosiveness they know how to use their body you know they're he's complete control of his limbs and you can obviously tell they just drilled that jab and what made it so good is there's no tell when you throw a jab sometimes you will flare flare your elbow out to the side as you're throwing it he threw it straight crisp strong and fast and like you said one of the keys that he w- he was really good at in this fight was that he would switch stances and his jab from south par was just as strong if not you know stronger you know they were just good clean crisp jabs and you know they've said in the boxing world Forever, you know, the, the jab sets up everything, the jab wins you world titles. Um, and it's really true. I mean, and we saw it in this fight. Not only was not only is the jab a a prime tool in setting up your other strikes, but it's also something that, you know, when performed in the right moments, like we saw in this in this fight, you know, he was able to intercept a lot of Burns' kicks and jabbed him and caused him to fall. He dropped him several times with the jab. Because if you time it just right when you're intercepting another person's punch, you know, that punch becomes a lot stronger. And with the athleticisms that Usman has, with his explosive ability, you know, funneling all of that kind of fundamentals he had through wrestling into a really basic, perfected strike was extremely smart. Um, And then ultimately, you know, you have to give uh, some credit to the finishing sequence, which also just showed a lot of growth in his stand-up, you know, basically he finished the fight with a big right hand, and that was off of uh, you know, letting Burns throw a jab at him, backing up and then countering that with a straight right, you know, and, and that takes some some striking know-how, you know, you don't just don't go into the gym and you know how to pull back and counter as quickly as he did Burns made a really bad mistake with his jab, where he jabbed when he missed it he didn't bring his arm right back to defend, he kind of let it drag down, he was clean he was open for that shot, he ate it And Usman did a really good job following up and finishing the fight. It was was a fantastic fight, a great performance. And, you know, I think what Usman said, you know, after the fight, I didn't really watch the post-credit. But, you know, basically what Bobby's saying, like, you know, put some respect on my name. And I think this was really a fight that did it, you know. Because I've been, and I just talked about in this fight, you know. Usman's had some fights that have been kind of lackluster because when he can implement his wrestling game and just dominate with that, he'll do that, you know? And it's and for a fan, it's maybe not the most well, exciting he thing. Also in the have world. That
1: whole th- Remember that whole thing where he's just like, oh, I gave about sixty percent on this fight or some shit like that? Remember? I think, I think a, that was him. Yeah, it was a weird relationship he had with the fans there for a minute I mean, look, there was a lot of, you know, Usman you know, the unanimous decisions in a string here, which I mean, we almost punish wrestlers sometimes, man, for this shit. But like, that's the skill set, man. And like it, it, it's getting W's. It, it's yeah. really at the
2: end of the Day, this sport's all about consistency and getting W's. That's how you build a legacy. I mean, look at, you know, he might not be the most exciting guy, but you look at some guys that are real exciting, like a Matt Brown or something. It's like, yeah, he's exciting. He goes out there to fight, but he also loses fights because he puts it out on the table. And you have to kind of decide what you're going to be in this sport. Are you going to be a a crowd pleaser and you're going to lose some fights and maybe it's going to be really tough to get in title contention if you ever get there? Or are you going to stick to your strengths and when you can clinch up a guy and take him to the ground and just lay on top of him and win rounds... Why wouldn't you do that? I know I would. If I was in I the mean, same him, thing, I, like, he, oh, I had to win,
1: he had to win nine fights in a row in welterweight if to get a title that, shot, and seven of them were by decision. That's Two the of them were finishes. That's what that's happened.
2: That's the off. You look yeah. at other guys in welterweight. You're John Fitches. These guys that are consistently good but just Must aren't but exciting. All need
1: one person in the head.
2: Yeah, okay. it's because flash gets you gets you there quicker, but you take risks, right? And and that's what he did with Masvidal, right? His Masvidal fight wasn't very impressive, but he got the W. That's the most important thing. So, um, it, it it has been interesting when he does fight these grapplers. He's had really fun performances, like when you think of the Covington fight. You know, when he's not able to utilize his his strength, which is the grappling game, and he's he's kind of forced into striking exchanges. He's done phenomenal. He's done really well and put on great performances. And then when he can wrestle a guy like Masvidal, who's not going to be able to stop that, you know, he'll do it, and it's not as exciting, but he gets a W. So, Mike, it was a standout performance.
0: Mike, you you wanted to say something? Sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess in relation to what Usman was saying, who's not giving him respect? All right, who is this amorphous third-party person? I think a lot isn't of people. Who has got the good. They gave him a saying lot of shit. Uh, just one sec. Saying someone is boring in their fights is very different from saying, like, for not giving that person that re- their respect for how they are as a champion or how they are as a fighter.
3: No, That's- I'll sell it because I gave Joe grief when we were chatting up early because he kind of did that whole thing where he said. There's plenty of non—it's not necessarily disrespect, but it's not respect either. Tyron Woodley's out here saying they're pushing Camaro on us too much. Why is he getting all these specials? We don't want to see that. When you see him walk around the airport, no entourage. No one talks to him. No one wants to take a photo. No one—he doesn't have the celebrity effect, but he should. He is—if he, he's not the greatest of all time, as Bobby said, he's one of the greats. He's on his way to being the greatest of all time. But look at him. He doesn't attract the cameras. He doesn't attract the crowds. It's not like he's a boring person, he's not a non-vocal person. He'll give you a soundbite, but no one's no, so it's not necessarily the disrespect, but he doesn't have that or it's people are are sleeping on him for whatever reason. They just don't treat him like the status that he is of an undefeated, you know, prominent figure like One of the things I really appreciate him on this title run is like when his family would come into the cage and they're dressed to the nines. They look like African royalty. I'm like, this is a man who carries himself like a champion. He prepares his family to look like a champion, but he doesn't have the crowd. The cameras aren't there. The people aren't listening. But it's like, why? Why aren't they? Because he deserves it. So that's what I think. When put, uh, put I think think, think think he got a lot of.
1: I think he got a lot of racist shit too. Between between the Marty crap. And then the uh, all the Covington bullshit, which, just want to say, Usman went to a fucking Trump thing, so you think they would back off on him on that? Uh, shout out to Ali Abdulaziz taking his Nigerian fucking champion client to a Trump rally. Not that Kamaru is not complicit. I'm sure he does a, He knows how to say no. Anyway. He's a big um, boy. He can make his own decisions. Yeah. There was a point where I was watching this and I, I mean, after his post-fight, I forgot about that. And I'm like, man, what a fucking champ. And then I was just like, oh yeah, what a fucking dick.
0: Um, <laughs> shout out, shout out to Candace Owens with the, with the unexpected cameo in the in yeah. the UFC behind the scenes, that right? was real.
1: Yeah. Like you're a bitch, Marty. And I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> it's real harsh. Um,
0: and real then was like, that then who I was I was, I was like,
1: like the friend. black lady yeah, in the MAGA hat. That, that was like an awkward the, look. She's a famous black MAGA. Oh, I, mean, I know who she is. Right. Yeah. I know who she is. I didn't know that that's who it was. In yeah. That clip. Nice that Colby made friends out there though. Um, so real quick. Uh, before we move on here, there was a lot of people calling him the GOAT. And I was just like, at Welterweight, which I, just real quickly, I, I think people need to meet what GOAT means. It doesn't mean the best, most skilled ever. It means the greatest. And George St. Pierre got nine title defenses. I'm I'm just saying.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it, I mean, he's on his way. To, the
1: man's got no yeah, losses in the UFC. I think it's he's fair like, to, to UFC, but have I'm a just, conversation
2: yeah. about it because he's, you know, this is a, a division that has been you know, rampant with some people really holding on to that title. And then some guys who haven't, you know, and he's definitely, he's kind of cut himself from the pack. You know, Robbie Lawler, what, having like two or three I, mean, I remember defenses. some people were saying, Mark, though, people,
1: people were saying Woodley's like the second best welterweight ever. And I remember for a while, I'm like, I know we don't like Matt Hughes, but Matt Hughes got like seven defenses. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I get it. Like, every fighter now is better than the fighters 10 years ago. It's a matter of athletic progression. There's that, but like, and it's also the resume, Bobby. Yeah. It's, Matt Hughes has a lot of wins. There's a lot of junk
3: in those wins. GSP has a lot of wins. There's a lot of junk in those wins, and I fucking love GSP. The class of fighters Kamaru has gone through is a higher quality of fighter as well. So I get it. I agree that he's on his way rather than he's cemented it in any argument, but I think that's why it's fair is because he'd have more defenses too, as Mark alluded to, if his grinder style didn't force him to have to go on an amazing win streak. To even get that chance in the first place. Now, that's
0: fair. Let, I'm not me saying he... you, let, let me give you guys the the list of notable fighters who Kamaru has beaten his career. He beat Leon Edwards early on in his UFC career, and then his last. Just, just start from just start from Six? the first
1: Mike. Start from this first UFC win and go down the line.
0: You don't want to go from the first UFC win. I, I a... do. I want to
1: okay. go through okay. them. Go through them. He got some wins. Right. He got some people in your man. So
0: hey, Hater Hassan, Leon Edwards, Alexander Yokolev. Worley Alves, Sean Strickland, Sergio Moraes, Emil Weber Meek. Who the fuck is that? Uh, oh, Damian he was good Maia. for a hot
1: minute. I remember Emil. I think he got suspended for something, oh, but go ahead. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: He kind of looks, like, looks like Bryce Harper. Anyway, mm-hmm. Damien Maya, Rafael Dos Anjos, Tyron Woodley, Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal, and Gilbert Buer. Yeah,
1: these last five fights have taken a fucking turn. Like, big time. Yeah. Like, that run he's on now yeah. is impressive as shit.
0: Um, How are you going to disrespect Damian Maya like that? Man, you got to include Maya yeah, uh, well. look,
1: I, Maia. Yeah, look, Damian Maya. if he wants to start a religion, I might be on board, okay? But Damian <laughs> Maya is, uh, was like 39 years old when that fight happened.
2: The, okay? only, the only argument I would make about this whole conversation is it is a super impressive record. No doubt about it. He needs to be in the conversation. But being at the top of the mountain is a completely different thing than, than working your way up. It is really easy to stay fucking hungry when you have a belt looking you straight in the face that's a fucking goal i gotta get that belt that's a motivator when you're facing your like fifth title defense yeah and everyone just thinks you're gonna win that's all pressure when you're coming up the ranks it's like what there's not there's always pressure on the fight but it's different when you're the champion defending for the time and everyone's like you have to beat this guy you can't just beat this guy you have to demolish these guys and you can talk about and, and what i would say about hughes real quick is like not only did he run through that fucking division that organization they started bringing in talent from outside because they're like who else can he fight hato sakurai the shuto champion bring him in because we need bodies here for hughes to dismantle and he fucking dismantled them so i mean it's true the sport is constantly getting better the champion 10 years from now is going to make the people today look like what were they training for now like they're not doing they're not in zero g's doing you know curdle bells or some bullshit you know who knows you know that sports and athletics are always going to involve and the game's always going to get tougher but i just I, I think that's always a caveat for me is like being at the well, top of the mountain well, yeah, is you know what it's
1: interesting um when i remember when gsp lost gave up the belt and then when anderson lost the belt they both talk about how like just this weight being lifted off of them and shit like that i remember that both of those guys being like man being champion man
2: woo!" it was yeah. rough so i'm Give John a little credit. You know, as much as I hate the, the, the man as a bird, like, well, he's John, been at the top of the well, mountain for so long. John
1: had big gap. John would go on, you know, That's John true. would go on That's vacation true. for two years and somebody else would defend his belt, you know? Like, you know, Anderson and, like, George and Mighty Mouse, guys who had, like, ten defenses and shit. It's nuts. Um, then yeah, again, Mighty was Mouse, Mighty Mouse was playing a different sport than the other flyweights at the time. Um, Anyway, um, I was really digging this post-fight interview, man. I mean, Joe Rogan tried to throw some cold water on the thing, Steph, which, you know, as we discussed before the show, we need, a we need like, DC to give these interviews or somebody who knows some pro wrestling. Like, feed into it, man. You got to feed the fucking promo, all right? Don't just stop it. <laughs> um, it's like I, remember, like, I remember the time when, like, Ben Rothwell was doing his stupid laugh. But it was funny, but then, like, John Anik tried to ask him a serious question right afterwards, and I'm like, no, man. let <laughs> Hit the note. Let's leave. Um, Kamaro said he wanted to fight this guy who... Is this thug who dresses, who thinks he's Jesus or something. He's talking about Jorge Masvidal. Um, I get you want to get paid. I don't need to see that fight again at all. Does nothing for me. Um, I think poor Leon Edwards needs to stop having to chase down Chimayev, who keeps getting COVID over and over again. I think it's him or Stephen Thompson that deserve a title shot. One of those two guys. Because Jorge Masvidal just fought this motherfucker. Does anybody feel otherwise? Like has Tori even fought since? That that's the problem. Uh <laughs> I agree with you. There's nothing
3: attractive about that matchup, much in the sense of like I was saying about Habib wants Connor. Like, no, 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 that's not true. There's nothing there. I don't need this fight either, but to the other names you just mentioned, not sexy matchups either. And that's kind of that's the that's that's Kamaru's predicament right now, is he does not have a compelling what's next. So You know, and he doesn't even have the option to like move up, right? Because another guy who didn't clean out his division but is already doing champ versus champ is Izzy, right? Because there was nothing super sexy staring him in the face. It was probably a rematch with Whitaker, and no one wanted to see that either. So, kind of, Kamaru's kind of occupying that space right now.
1: Yeah, it's just, I don't need to see that at all. I mean, I don't, we literally just saw it. And you can have whatever excuse you want. Look, I'm not picking Jorge Masvidal to be Kamaru Usman. I'm not picking anybody to beat Kamaru Usman at 170 pounds for the time being. Maybe maybe if Chimeyev goes out there and ices Leon Edwards in like a minute or something, I'll be like, okay, maybe. But
3: I will definitely be picking people to beat Kamaru. Uh, not because I believe it'll happen, but I just do shit like that, you know? Uh, I just wanted to say Boo earns," if I was right,
2: you know, and it didn't happen. so I, I, gotta, give you, I gotta give you credit. Steph, if you didn't make those Burns reference, like I think Gilbert would have been off my radar for a long time yeah. because you made that reference. I was, I was like, Oh, yeah, Burns, he's doing well, stuff. Why do you think we own. know who Antonio Carlos Jr. is,
3: guys? That's it's true. because of That's you, <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, recently released Antonio Carlos Jr. exactly. Um, oh, co main event, um, we're gonna the rest of this card wasn't amazing, but this co main event performance by Alexa Grosso deserves to get some credit because Miss Grosso who, assuming these rankings are updated or not updated, whatever. Um, Alexa Grosso was ranked... How can I not find this? I how
2: think was she was this? 15. Is this really that difficult? Was she she that was far? 15 and Marcy was 10. This is flyweight. Okay.
3: I don't uh, think Alexa, so. part of her rankings is she only had one fight in this Oh, race. she just got here. Right. Yeah. She just, so they didn't, they didn't give her the benefit of the doubt where they shoehorned her into the top 10. Um, she fought the, so, uh, the Korean girl. I'm blanking on her name. What, the was, uh,
1: head. what was Macy Barber's ranking before she lost to Roxanne? And probably probably 6-7. These rankings make no sense anyway. I'm going to defend Macy Barber for a moment here because I think people gave her some shit because she had the audacity to say she wants to be world, the youngest world champion ever. Like, God forbid somebody tried to say something to make people give a shit about these fights. Um, And... I don't know. She, I, I mean, even this one, she just like, she wasn't saying anything about this. She's just like, I'm going to try to win. And then, like, she went out there and lost to a, a better fighter. And people trying to write off a 22-year-old is very strange to me. Just I'm going to say it, of-
3: Bobby. It's, that's not slightly surprising in the MMA community. Um, misogyny. Uh, women don't get to be confident in themselves. Women yeah. don't get to say yeah. normal things um, that a man would say without getting shit on for it. Yeah, so that's what that is. And I don't want to give that
1: too much weight. Yeah, fuck them. Um... um yeah. But yeah, she's 22 years old, guys. She'll be back, man. Like, did you see this weight class? So by she the doesn't get to be the
3: youngest champion of all time. She's yeah. still a hell of a competitor. Honestly, I, well, she, she I, needed don't,
0: a... I don't sit on her ambition, none of that at all. I applaud that. What I do shit on is her shitty uh, fighting on Saturday because she was throwing punches from like seven feet away. Well, so honestly, I, thing, I
1: think straight up she did not know how to deal with the fact, Steph, that she was dealing with someone who's a better boxer, better, better striker than her? That would never come up. Yeah, that's how um, she won yeah. fights. It had never come up for her yet. I wanted to
3: reframe the conversation just because I don't know that my favorite women's fighter I'll ever have be in a position to give her this shine again. Oh yeah, but, um, she tore it up. Yeah, uh, give her again. <laughs> I, I've been a big fan of Alexa Grasso since her Invicta days. Um, they, I like that they acknowledged how lofty the expectations were for her. Um, we talk about people giving shit to Macy for saying she was champion. Dana crowned Alexa Grosso, the Mexican, Ronda Rousey. And that was unfair as hell. Um, that You talk about lofty expectations. That's a fucking high title to like live she's up to.
0: She's 27 as well. Yep.
3: Yeah. And that's one thing she said too was she's like, this is the first time I've never not been the young one in the fight. He's like, every fight I've had, I've been going against a veteran of the sport. This is the first time I'm considered the veteran in the matchup. But um, it was a great performance. And what I've given... Alexa being my favorite fighter, I've given her a lot of constructive grief. A lot of it has been aimed at her camp. Um, the Lobo MMA, I think they're a small gym. I think she was kind of stagnating in her skills, but that's really what I, I walked away with this fight. She improved her weakest area against a fighter that probably could have exploited that weakness. Macy is bigger than Alexa. Macy is stronger than Alexa, or at least you know, going into the fight you would have thought, but Alexa really held her own in the clinch. She constantly turned it around when her back was against the fence. She had great TikTok. Her her grappling scrambles... Alexa was not a submission artist by any means at any point in her career, but everything she did from the transitions of taking the back to chasing the arm bars to using that leverage, like, I I was glad at how much DC and Joe were talking about that because those have been very clear weaknesses in her. Um, And the fact that she could hold her own strength-wise against Macy was really great. Um, But I also just say... Yeah, you know, you're right, Mike. Uh, Macy gave a shadow boxing performance that only um, Holly Holmes could be proud of. But props to her in the third round. She knew yeah. what she had to do, and she showed why she was on her run. She had the aggression. She had the shots. Like, that's the pressure fighter why anyone would buy into Macy. That's what Macy was doing until the Roxy fight, you know, when she was 19, 20 years old. She was steamrolling women, right? She was finishing people in a division where not a lot of people had stopping power. And um so she, she showed the heart in the third and I, I definitely got nervous for Alexa in it, but Alexa showed her toughness and just the wrinkles in her game. Um Macy should yeah. have fought, Macy
1: should have fought that way that whole fight, by the way. She fucking had sure. to bite down and get she had to bite down and get into it, but she didn't But now I mean I did appreciate the urgency. That's true. She yeah. did. So
3: ultimately, it was a great fight, and I think both women acquitted themselves really well. Um, I still have high hope. I think Macy's going to be here to stay for a bit. Um, and it was just really nice to see Alexa expand on the weaknesses that I thought she had grown stagnant in. So, um, whatever they changed up, whoever they brought in to coach her in her grappling game, it, it's working. So um, it'll be fun to see her next fight.
1: Yeah, I think Macy's Macy tra- tra- train at Rufus Sport. Yeah, she'll be okay. It'll, it'll be okay. She'll she'll be all right there. Um anyway, Kelvin Gastelum, Ian Heinish. I thought that um we really everything if I tell you what Luke Thomas's analysis of the fight was, it'll probably tell you everything you need to know. There is a skill gap between Kelvin Gastelum and Ian Heinish that Heinish's efforts were not going to overcome, basically. His trying to push pace and trying to implement anything. There was just too much of a skill gap. Kelvin used a lot of wrestling. Kelvin uh which is probably for the best here. He didn't do anything that made you come out of this saying Kelvin Gastelum should fight another top 5 fighter next. Um but it I, I, every one of these fights guys, I just say he should fight at welterweight, I'll be honest. That's me. I get guys do better at certain weight classes when they move up and I know he've almost fought he almost won a title in this weight class but I really think he's doing himself a disservice. And we're sitting here at 170 and like Omar Kamar Usman needs people to fight. I don't know man, maybe Kelvin Gastelum brings so, too welterweight Wednesday. The wins
3: way together. it's been the way it was spoken to, Bob, in the countdown shows and things is that decision is not in Kelvin's hands. Dana UFC. has explicitly said, I don't want you at welterweight because you missed weight so many times. So was, it, was it
1: that many times?
3: He, he Kelvin in the, At least in the countdown, Kelvin acknowledged, he said, I probably should be fighting in welterweight. You know, like, I think that's what I should. But, like, he kind of threw his hands in the air. Like, I kind of am instructed that they're not going to give me that chance.
1: You know what it was? It was that fucking Woodley one, where he had to go to the hospital after he was like 180 pounds. And then they still let him fight, and then Woodley said he wouldn't take the 20% from the purse, which I still say, if I'm Woodley, nice of you, but... I mean, you're not the one who fucked up. you take that money. Just saying. Um, he didn't let him go back for one fight to fight Johnny Hendricks, and Johnny Hendricks missed weight. Which is strange. Um... Yeah, I think I yeah, just but- want to
3: chime in on this fight cuz uh, I always take I, I, when I do watch like the embeddeds and the countdowns, I always take away things, but we tend to make our picks before them. Um boy did I get feel discouraged in my Ian Hinesh pick when I was watching the countdowns and the embeddeds cuz the only footage they had of this man over these 3 weeks was him either fishing or going to Bible study and rehearsing uh Jesus passages with his sister and I'm like, "Ah, oh, this is a- inspiring me. Like this isn't mm. what I want out of my fight, man." Like and yeah, the God, yeah Kelvin training, getting motivated speeches from Rafael Cordero. And I'm like, hey, and then there's this man casting a line. I'm like,
1: come on. It, what is King's MMA now? That's my question. Is it like still a thing? Because remember when they had two champions with Fabricio and Rafael for a hot minute and Cordero was the, you know, hot shit in town again? Like, is is it still there? Like the drug testing? Cordero is really the
3: gym. They didn't really say a name. They just kind of keep mentioning Cordero with a lot of reverence. The I guy, mean, his guys obviously- love him. All these boring. guys.
1: I mean, all these guys still fight. I'm not saying they don't fight, but like, there was like a six-month span where both of them were just fucking people up, and they had unlimited turbo, like a video game, and they would not get tired. Um, what are you trying anyways, to insinuate? I don't know, man. They started drug testing people, and both of them, you know, started losing fights. Um, Ricky Simone, just on a different class than Brian Kelleher, nice 30-27 win across the board. Stefan's giving me a thumbs up because I call them Ricky Simon because it's America. We were before the podcast. Um, Kelleher was bleeding almost immediately, and it was bleeding into his eye, which wasn't helping. So um, I think Simone's a young cat, too, at Featherweight, too, getting some, I mean, I was going to say the new blood, but this that Featherweight division is crazy good at this point. Um, three straight wins for him after losing to Rob Bont and Uriah, Hall, Uriah Faber in back-to-back fights. So 28 years old. We'll see. And um, Julian Marquez, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Look, there was what it was man. a real it was a real weird day. Um, he came out, his entrance song, he was singing and dancing. That was fun. The fight was good. I, I it was it's it's kind of one of those fights where like it's good, but you have no investment in it on any level. So like you're like okay, wherever this goes, I'm I'm into this, but whatever. And then he tried to start talking about which had the best crowd, the best crowd, or something. He got real cringy in his post fight interview. Um. And then he asked Miley Cyrus to be his Valentine. And then she said all he had she said all he had to do was shave MC into his chest hair, and she was his. So everybody's like, cool, you did it. And then he said she had to get a henna tattoo of his stupid nickname above her belly button, like Tupac did with Thug Life. And then everybody said, Oh my god. It's like Deshaun Jackson trying to run a touchdown and then dropping the ball on the one-yard line. <laughs> um I guess I'm I'm going to remember who he is, Steph. That's it. I'm going to remember who he is. Like <laughs> what else is there? He is a character.
3: Let's just call him that. Uh he's a and like you said, I'll remember him immediately the next time I see him. Um it was a good fight though. It was a the the guy pulled out a, a TKO finish in the 3rd round when he needed to pull off a finish and he pulled it off late. So you don't get a
1: lot of comebacks like that. So it was a good fight. Um Marcus Rodolfo Vieira who's got I think 10 Abu Dhabi medals, another like seven or eight world championship gold medals in Jiu Jitsu, Not someone you and I are super familiar with, but I think the fact that, um, he got tapped out and it was like plus 4,000 odds. I think we want to put in perspective for our audience, what it means to win Abu Dhabi. Marcus, what you want to explain what that is for the people. Yeah, I mean,
2: Abu Dhabi is a, um, no geek grappling competition. You know, probably, you know, one of the most prestigious in the world. Um, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. it. It is, you know, it's no, it's no striking. It's, you know, very different from MMA. I, I didn't get to see this fight. Apparently what I've heard is that you know it's, been, it's, it's like
1: the Olympics of goddamn Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu.
2: Okay? Yeah. This one's yeah, guy yeah. One. That, that, that's totally <laughs> fair. Um, and I guess, you know, he, he gassed out in the first round and he didn't have much. I mean, looking at, at his record seven and one, you know, he was seven and no oh coming into this. It, it's, he's still an upcoming guy and I don't know who his opposition was, but it's not out of their own possibility to think that he probably manhandled most of the, his opposition leading up to this point. And, you know, it, this is why MMA is different than boxing and all these other combat sports. You know, guys are going to lose. You know, there's you got, too many you, you avenues gotta, to Your drop martial
1: off. arts are mixed. We mix the martial yeah, arts and all of a sudden, you know.
2: The margin of error is so slim. It's so easy for your opponent to capitalize um, that these are just learning experiences, you know. And I think... There's obviously a lot of hype on this guy, but you know he he lost, and now this is really going to show what he has as a fighter. These are really the the litmus test for most fighters is when they lose, and you have that sinking feeling that you got bested by someone else. How do you recover from that? That's really going to be the story. You know, there's very few guys that are undefeated um, and don't get challenged in this sport. So you know he's running you know, the we, course we, we that get, so many others have.
1: We get these guys in jiu-jitsu sometimes who come over and they go on these runs, and then they lose one. You know what I mean? And it's not always a tap out. It's like they get knocked out or something like that happens. And then you don't really see them sometimes. Like, do you remember Hodger Gracie? What happened there, guys? Remember Hodger? He fought for yeah, the Strikeforce like, Championship. He was bouncing
2: around a lot. I think he went yeah. to Bellator and stuff. I mean, yeah. that's just the game. You know, there, there are absolutely certain sports that lead itself better to going into mixed martial arts. And I think being purely a grappling guy... It's specifically in jujitsu and submission wrestling is a good base, but it's not it hasn't always proven to be like if you excel at that, you're going to guaranteed be a world champion in the highest echelon of MMA. It's not really we've seen strikers that have been able to fill those gaps a little bit more, but mostly it's been wrestlers. They have a certain mentality. They're able to control a fight a certain way that they're able to get further in their career before they have to start picking up those other skills to be really successful. So I'm not putting a lot of stock in this guy losing one fight. And But, you know, it, it, Bobby, I think what you're alluding to is when you're so dominant in a certain sport and then you try to do something completely different where you have to learn. And you get embarrassed and it's just like, well, you know what? Maybe my life as a jiu-jitsu instructor and as a, you know, a competitive uh, submission grappling guy is better suited for me because I'm not going to get punched in the head all the time. You know, And I don't fault people that excel at one thing try going into a sport where there's so many more variables and if they don't find immediate success or just aren't super successful if they want to go back to what they were what they've done for the majority of their life and what they really excelled at i'm not going to hold it against them but you know, we've just seen it in this sport you know and it's Maybe yeah. the line was a little crazy. Some people probably made a shit ton of money, and some people probably lost some money. And that's just you that, know, that's what makes the the sport so exciting too. So
1: you know that's why Mark, you don't begrudge somebody because they tried it and they go back to their original thing. So when CM Punk no. goes back to pro wrestling, I want you all to get excited because CM Punk tried MMA; it didn't go so well. <laughs>
2: the thing with CM Punk, it wasn't, so much, it wasn't him <laughs> trying; it was the UFC putting him on some pedestal, trying to like trick us into thinking like, no, I. You're showing me footage of this fucker training, and you're also trying to sell me that he's like an incredible fighter. Honestly, I was buying it, and the product showed me I shouldn't have bought that. So that's why I got upset about. You know know, what? Honestly, with that one,
1: that's the thing. Like, I mean, look, he's a big boy. He accepted the offer to fight in the UFC. They paid him five hundred thousand dollars. They paid him five hundred thousand dollars at least. Look,
3: so (laughs) despite what both you said. Every single year, for like eight years now, I picked CM Punk to win the Royal Rumble, even though he's not even a participant. And the next time he has an MMA fight, I'm going to pick him to win that. Why,
2: Bobby? Because he's the best in the world. And I'm well, it, one he, of he's those not, he's not, is he, like quasi-reasonable, and the other one's just foolishness on the eyes. You know what? He, uh, stuff, he's but. not bad
1: on commentary. I've heard some of his stuff when he does CFFC. Hey, he's a he's- great
2: guy. He's a great performer. He's great on the mic. He's a great professional wrestler. He's not a good MMA fighter. He did not get the chance to become a good MMA fighter because they basically said, hey, why don't you train for three months? We saw him training. You don't have to be an expert to see him hitting pads and, and sparring and being like, yo, this dude is not ready. This dude is not ready. He needs to get some fights where he's fighting guys that aren't ready too. And maybe see how he does there, and get some wins, and get some confidence, and learn some skills. But you throw him in there with Mickey Gall, who's destroying people, and it's like, why are we even talk about CM Punk? I, don't
1: mind I know, I, I I I, 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 I hit the button on Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's move on, guys. i um, what I want to do. I'm gonna change it up here. Normally, we do the news, and then we talk do our picks. But we're only gonna pick two fights, so let's just pick them right now, and let's give Bellator the attention it actually deserves for giving us something interesting to talk about yeah, this week. Sure. Um, Curtis Blaze, Derek Lewis. Curtis Blaze had COVID of like a month ago. And he's back. They're going to fight. We're going five rounds. The betting line for this one is really not in Derek Lewis's favor. Um, Stefan? Stefan? Oh, sorry. My
3: thing cut out for a bit. Um, I thought you provided the line. I thought you were just going to read it out. Um, I believe it was... Uh, I it was like Minus
1: three? Minus four? Somewhat. Let me see it's if three. I got it.
3: It is minus
1: 400 for Curtis Blades. Plus 325, Derek Lewis. Mike... Why is Curtis Blaze minus 400 over Derek Lewis? What is possibly going to happen in this fight that he's such a big favorite?
0: I don't know, but let me tell you something. This last year has taught me something. It's called the COVID exception. If you had COVID a month ago, I'm not picking you, all right? Wait, wait, Mike, I'm giving you a layup here on a minus 400 man
1: who's going to lay and pray Derek Lewis, and you're like, fuck it, he had COVID, he's getting knocked out? <laughs>
0: I'm not saying he got knocked out, but I'm not taking the chance that he had a bad case of COVID. He hasn't been able to train in a few weeks. He's got some long haul effects and his affecting his cardiovascular. Nah, I'm gonna pick It was November. It's mm. not
1: been more time. It was November. How about now? All right. I thought it was sooner. Okay. Honestly.
2: I bobby, do it he's throwing his pick away why are you trying to correct <laughs> him let them let the okay, fools now, make their foolish that,
0: mistakes i have not officially made my pick thank you bobby for correcting me i thought he just had it last month oh so god he could have got one up on, on mike it. and buried that, him that, that, this year that one's, on you're me.
1: Helping him. that one's on me i apologize. if mike wins my one this year that one's on me
0: <laughs> um yeah Cur- curtis blades is, is a better fighter than than Derek lewis Derek lewis if he catches you you're going out but um Curtis Blades is a better mixed martial artist. than. Am I crazy or is this fight happened already once?
1: Am I, am I, in my head, it's happened. I maybe don't think so. Look, okay, this is how this fight's going to go. Curtis Blades is going to be a blanket on top of Derek Lewis, but Derek Lewis is going to do that thing where he just decides to get up at times. And we're all going to hold our breath for a few seconds while Derek Lewis tries swanging and banging. And Derek Lewis has gotten better. Give him credit. His takedown defense has gotten better. This minus 400 is not an accident. Um, there's an expectation here of what's going to happen. And unless your name is Francis Ngannou, uh Curtis Blades has no intention of losing to you. So I'm taking Curtis. Curtis, Curtis, Curtis Blades, Blades also
0: has no Curtis Blades also has no intention of keeping this fight on the on the feet.
1: None, none at all. Um, yeah, I got I got Curtis Blades. Stefan. Um.
3: Yeah, I'll tie it back to uh, one of a previous episode we did. Curtis Blades will win. He will walk out to the Mortal Kombat theme, and once again, it won't feel like that great of a match to me. Because this is not a guy who sells that he likes Mortal Kombat very much, but um, I got him winning. I will. My commentary will be: um, I look forward to seeing Derek Lewis as he continues to slim down. This is a man who's been constantly losing weight fight to fight, and in about a year and a half time, I will pick him to become featherweight champion. When he defeats fellow <laughs>
2: former fat man Alexander Volkanovski, oh my, my god, if that, if that
1: fight, if that fight, by the way, you guys gotta look up this fight of Cal- <laughs> uh, what was it called? The like the before, like how's it going? Whatever challenge, the shit where you show an old picture of yourself and a new picture. Alexander Volkanovsky weighed like two hundred eighty pounds. Now he, he weighs half of
0: that. That dude yeah. was so
2: fat. Like I knew he yeah. was a big, heavy rugby guy. And I was like, no, he's just a big fat guy right there. That's all I'm seeing is double chins all the way, man. I don't. Did he get surgery? Because you look how ripped he is. Like there must have been a lot of loose skin. I there. mean, you, had, yeah, to you had to you had to, sure right? you had to get rid of the loose. I'm sure you had to get rid of
1: the loose skin. I'm sure Just you had to do the some... loose skin surgery. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Anyway. Um. Marcus, you want
2: to clean sweep this thing for us? Uh. Yeah. I mean, I am going to pick Curtis Blaze. I, I didn't mean to come down super hard on Mike because you can't ever count Derek Lewis out. And I think Stefan brought up another good point, which I keep forgetting is that like Derek Lewis has been doing the right things in the gym to get better and and to try to shore up these. These weaknesses in his game, but stylistically, this is just a horrible matchup for him. You know, like you said, Bob, like Derek Lewis. Don't underestimate him on the bottom. He knows how to escape positions, and dude will get his big fat ass up, which is more than like nine, like ninety eight percent of the world can say. Like when you're tired and some big heavyweights on top of you to explode the way he does, it takes a lot of mental strength. It's like which he just feels like it. He just like
1: he decides at a certain point. He's just like I'm getting up. He just like it's
2: happening. He, <laughs> what I like, what I love about him on the bottom with those escapes is like he knows the positions he needs to get in. He knows what he needs to do. It's all about willpower and me- mentality to be like, I gotta explode. I got the underhook. Now's the time. I'm exploding. I'm getting the fuck up right now. And he fucking doesn't. I give him a ton of credit. He's for just that. waiting
1: for that. He's waiting for that stamina bar to hit that right position for him to just
2: <laughs> he, pop. He, right he picks his moments. He, he does a lot of good good things. But I mean, stylistically, with a great wrestler like this, where Lewis is gonna have to do those escapes often, I feel is going to be tough. It's, it's going to drain him. It's going to be a grueling fight. For him to win, he's really going to have to pull it out, which if anyone can, it, you know, it is Lewis. He's shown that he has that ability, but, you know, the smart money is on Curtis Blade, So Stylistically, the, the matchup's not in Derek Lewis's favor, but I was even going to say, you know, if Mike... I didn't like how Bobby was changing Mike's prediction, but if Mike picked Derek Lewis and he wins, which I think is, you know, a possibility, a slim possibility, it'd be a, a fucking great pick, you know, but it's just when you are playing the numbers games here, it's just the smart money is on Curtis blades. If anyone can pull out the upset, Derek Lewis has been in that position time and time again and has done it repeatedly. He can do it again. It's just like, those aren't smart bets. It's just not to kind of always expect that wild card to come out on the river. If I'm going to do a poker, I don't even know if that's a good proko reference, but to, 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 to really put all your marbles into one basket of a dude, just pulling it on the last end. It's always, that's, that's tough. That's not good gambling etiquette. So I think Curtis Blades is the smart choice, but you know Derek Lewis has has really improved a lot, and I think Stefan. I'm glad he mentions it in the last couple of fights that he's been doing the right things outside of the gym to get himself in a better if, position. If he wins,
1: if he wins this fight, give him a huge, thought.
2: absolutely. Let's just fucking just fucking do it. Let's go. Because Curtis Blades Derek is right Lewis,
1: there. I mean, okay, look, if Francis Ngannou wins the title and we have to watch Francis Ngannou versus Derek Lewis too, maybe we pump the brakes. But if Stipe holds on to this belt, you give me Stipe versus Derek Lewis if Derek Lewis wins this fight. All right, I agree with that. Seriously, let's that. fucking do it. All right. Um, co-main event, Ketlin Vieira, Yana Kunitskaya. Ketlin Vieira, uh, 29 years old, um, trading out of Novo União, Manaus. Um, lost to Irene Aldana, came back, on a big win over Sadari Eubanks, 11-1. and That Irene Aldana loss really made us think even more highly of Miss Aldana, quite frankly, because I think the expectation was Ketlin was going to beat her, give her the hype around her. Nice bounce back wing. Sadra Eubanks is tough as nails. Um Yana Kunitskaya uh got into the UFC um getting beat up by Chris Cyborg. Um in that since then, three and one, only loss being to Aspen Lad. no shame in that one. Um wins over Lena Landsberg, another cyborg vit- victim, and Marion Renault, along with I I'm unfamiliar with this person's, so her name's gonna be said wrong. Hulija Stoloren- Stolorenko. Betting odds for this one? Uh, I think Miss uh, Vieira is the favorite, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Yeah, uh, not as big of a line, but still decent. Uh, Vieira is minus 265 to Yana's plus 225.
1: Um, I think Vieira is going to win this. I think people—the the, brakes got pumped a bit here when she lost to Irene, getting KO'd specifically. But she got wins over Kat. She got w- Kat Singano, Sajara Eubanks, Sarah McMahon, Ashley Evan smith At this point, you know, you having that many wins over named opponents is a big deal. And she's getting it done. Um, black belt in Judo, black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Winning every way possible. Knockouts, submissions, decisions. I got Vieira. Mike?
0: I'm going to go with Vieira as well. And just a quick shout-out to Kuniskaya, who got engaged to Thiago Santos back in the Oh, yeah, that's
1: right. She's married to Tia She's getting married to Tiago Moreta Santos. Who? Uh, he still didn't come back, right? Or did he come back and lose? I forgot what happened there. He was the one who tore off. He tore his shit completely against John Jones. Do you remember if he actually came back?
2: I can't. I honestly can't remember. I, can, I remember. He yeah, did. I don't. He probably remember. did. I have to imagine he did.
1: I, I thought he was booked against Glover, and then maybe something happened. Um, anyway, uh, Steph, who do you got here?
3: Uh, I, I think we'll end up sweeping this. I'm
2: going with Vieira as well.
1: I uh, Glo- uh, came back and lost to Glover after a
2: year and a half off. Gotcha. Um, Marcus, please yeah, sweep here. Yeah, it's a sweep. Yeah, it's just the numbers game. You know, she, she's been really impressive that one loss. If it was her last fight, maybe you can even make an argument like how is she going to perform? But she's already bounced back from that, got back in the winning column. I feel like she's going to be able to, to get this one too.
1: couple names to look out for on this card. We got Alexei Olanik. You know what that means? Someone is getting choked. All right. Someone is getting choked tonight, uh, that night, folks. Andre Arlovsky's still doing that, man. Still out there. Uh, Eddie Wineland's on this card. And uh, Alaman Zahabi, uh, younger brother, uh, Faraz Zahabi, is on this card. And um, everybody's favorite nickname, Violent Bob Ross, Luis Pena, coming back um, after a submission loss to Karma Worthy to take on Drakkar Klose. Um, makes me think of the soccer player always when I read that guy's name. Um, all right, um... Yeah, this is not good. This is not a good card. Um, it's If I'm listening to Wikipedia, there's 15 fights on it. Which, I don't know if that's true, but that sounds like a, we gotta get these guys fights because they're all under contract type of situation. Sure. Uh, anyway. Um, all right, Bellator, folks. We, talk, we we made fun of it last week, saying that they were going to put a tournament together. But shit, man, they put a tournament together, and um, it sounds pretty cool, quite frankly. The Bellator Light Heavyweight Tournament, I think they're calling it a Grand Prix, sure. Um, eight, eight, well, eight light heavyweights, including some new signings there. The competitors are champion Vadim Nemkov, recent signee, Dovletson Yagshimaradov, um, who was the ACA Light Heavyweight Champion, Phil Davis, former Bellator Light Heavyweight Champion if I'm not mistaken, Corey Anderson, fresh off of a nice run in the UFC there. Um, recently signed. Leoto Machida, UFC, former UFC champion. Ryan Bader, former Bellator light heavyweight champion and current Bellator heavyweight champion. Yoel Romero, 42-time UFC championship contender right there, championship challenger right there. Very nice. Re- recent challenge. He got so many title shots. Um, recent signee there. And the return, Rumble Young Man Rumble. Anthony Rumble Johnson returning to MMA. A little surprised the UFC let him out of his contract. Because unless he just didn't have one when he retired, which I would find unusual too. Um, but Rumble's back at 205 pounds. This tournament's first round starts April 9th. First round matchup. Showtime. Yeah, show that's, that's the bigger news. Bellator going to Showtime. Scott Coker pulling that chip card of his buddy. He's pulling that business card of Steven Espinosa of Showtime. We're going back to Showtime, so... Me having the channel that Bellator is on had, is no longer a thing. It lasted a solid six months.
0: Now um, are, are are these going to be on Fridays again, or is this on Saturdays? Someone look up what day
1: April 9th is. I think Bellator's night is going to be Friday nights, though, if I'm not mistaken. April 9th, what day is that?
0: It is a Friday.
1: Friday night. Leota Machida versus Ryan Bader is the first-round matchup. Corey Anderson versus uh, Dovlechon, Yaga Shumarar... D-Y against D-Y, all right? Um, That's the other fight that night. The following week, Nemkov defending his title. That's right, the champion is defending his title in the first round here against Phil Davis. And then on the other side, let's be honest, folks, this is what we're here to fucking see. Anthony Rumble Johnson versus Yoel Romero. Fucking big meaty men swinging meat, all right? thats Biggie would appreciate it, Okay.
0: I like, um, I like that they're not fucking around. They're like, yo, we know you guys want to see Rumble versus Joel. I thought we're they were going to fuck it up. The first round. I just
1: remember when Scott Coker didn't give me Vowels to Alistair Overeem versus Fedor. I remember they didn't book that shit, and then it didn't happen. Um, first off, I'm going to ask Stefan who his pick is for this tournament because Stefan likes to pick a certain person for a tournament sometimes when Scott Coker's involved, but um, in this case, I'm, you might actually get an answer. Stefan, who's going to win this thing?
3: Uh, what you're alluding to, Bobby, is uh, whenever there's a tournament, I typically like to pick the field, um, because I believe in shenanigans. We would have got paid, just, man. Things just don't work out the way that they're supposed to, but um, I I think it's Nemkov. I think you have to favor the champion mm-hmm. in this tournament. Um, in fact, why even have a tournament? Let's just make it Mortal Kombat style. Nemkov fights everyone in secession. Um, and then you know,
1: I'm 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 not against that on any level. That is yeah, it's like, called that is called the UFC though. You just are fighting the, the rankings.
3: Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> the, that's the that's the the Mortal Combat style of tournament. Uh, since I alluded to that with Curtis Blades music, but the way Nemkov smoked Bader, and you have to think Bader is the second best guy in this tournament right now. I like Rumble. That's a long, long layoff. I have no idea what the fuck I'm getting out of Rumble. That's a man who gets very out of shape when he is not in fight camp. Like, Do you remember how big he power, got? Absolutely. You know, but I just don't know what's there. Yoel, God bless him. He's got a lot of mileage on him, right? Lyoto's probably washed. I have no idea who this new guy is. Maybe he shows something. But going into this, Nemcov. I got I,
1: be I set got set betting odds, boys. I got betting odds for these first-round matchups. But first, I want to see. So Stefan's picked to win a tournament as Nemcov. Mine is two. Honestly, I was so thoroughly impressed with Nemkov's washing of Ryan Bader. And it wasn't like, I mean, Ryan Bader, we give Ryan Bader a lot of shit here, but Ryan Bader was on a fucking tear. Like, Ryan Bader, besides getting knocked out by Rumble, wasn't losing to anybody. It's Um, also a great
3: storyline that Nemkov is Fedor's protege, right? Oh, yeah. That there's like a lineage here, that there is like, this is All Might passing on his power to the, the next uh, in line. Like that there's there's a good storyline
1: with them, Cove. Mike what do you who do you got winning this tournament? I'm gonna give you guys the odds in a second in the first round. I'm who who go, you got winning this thing.
0: I'm gonna go with my boy, the man with the previously most horrible nickname ever. Corey, decent twenty five eight baby. Give it to me.
1: Oh, he's going to snooze it up for three fights, huh? I like it, Mike,
3: because that's the MMA smart pick where you're like, well, the UFC guy is going to win. The new UFC guy's going to roll into town <laughs> and just clean uh, it up. Both
0: I would like to say just that it's just because he's the new UFC guy, but it's that that man is like three pills of melatonin, baby. He's going to wrestle <laughs> fuck us all the way to the finals.
2: Uh, okay, Marcus, what do you think? I I'm with you guys with Nemkov. It's it's hard to deny him, but also you know m- my dark horse was going to be Corey Anderson. I, I do mm-hmm. think a lot of people are going to sleep on him. Um, you have a field of a lot of wrestlers, um, and I think he might be one of the best ones. I mean, I, th- I think it speaks volumes that Bader and Phil Davis kind of came into the UFC and kind of cleaned house for a while. And I think Corey Anderson might even be a level above them, but it, it's hard to deny the champion. And even like Stefan said, and you, this new guy, I don't know much on him. He could easily come in. Um, and I think that's what makes. What, I mean, what happened t- to Cor- what happened to Corey Day, Corey Anderson in the UFC? What was the one that, who got him when he was on his way up
1: at the end there, trying to get to John Jones? Because he got close. Did he get blockowitzed He might. Is that what happened? Honestly, did he get, I honestly, I honestly can't. Remember. Did he get yawned, or did he, did he get, or did he get Johnny? Uh, no, he knocked out Johnny. huh? He knocked no. out our boy. I um, mean,
0: and again. also
2: at the end of the he day, got, <laughs> he, he got
0: yawned. He got, he got yawned. yawned. He got okay. blockawitzed. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> Which I mean, I, I think really tournaments i think or, or grand prix if, if we want to are really fun they don't always it's not always the best guy that wins because like stefan alluded to shenanigans happens when you have to fight consistently three guys in a short time span that means you have to be healthy you have to avoid injuries and that's you know having the field of wrestlers picking a wrestler you know who might like, like mike said and i think it's fair you know he might not have the most exciting fights but he might be the less prone to being injured throughout the tournament and have a good healthy run here and be able to just outwill these guys because you know a lot of times in the tournament it's either you're going to be flashy and get guys out of there fast so you stay healthy and fit or you know how to control a fight and not take damage and and win safe clean fights and, and there's a lot of guys in the field that, that are able to do that you know bader phil davis romero you know you look at romero the guy doesn't move he's a praying mantis he doesn't move a lot but when he does he tends to get to win the fight and not take a ton of damage. I don't think, and I think when Stefan was saying a lot of mileage on him, dude's like what forty three or some shit. Like it's it's insane how old he is, um, and still competing. So I I think the tournament is really compelling. It's easy. I mean, one super glad Bellator's still around. I'm really glad you know Showtime. I'm glad that there's buyers out there that 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 do see some value in the product, and I think it is also really easy to be like, you know, what's this organization? They're second fiddle. They're just picking up UFC scraps, but when UFC's leaving good scraps on the floor, baby, it's time to eat. And that's what Bellator is doing. They've been snagging up these decent light heavyweight prospects for the last couple of years. And now they got themselves a pretty damn good tournament with a lot of name value. And I think when you look at the two fields, quality might- aside, who's better than who, we have we have to decide in the octagon. But just name value. I think there's more name value in Bellator right now. These guys are a lot more popular. Hey, look, I'm just
1: looking right now. The number one ranked light heavyweight in the UFC after the champion is Glover Teixeira. And I know, as Rumb- Steph said it, Rumble ain't fought in a long time. But remember when Rumble fought Glover? That didn't go well. Sure. There's a problem. There's a lot of guys right now in the UFC where I'm like, remember when Rumble fought him? Like, <laughs> there was a lot of that. I right think the on. UFC just, it's
2: a it's a particular division that feels kind of weak right now. And you have a champion well, gotta, that, that is not super guys, well known. You got some young guys, you got there, some unknowns, you got some stuff going on. Potentially building up, but you're also looking at Izzy coming in and kind of cleaning house. In. And I think I, ultimately what I'm saying here is I think the UFC has done some bad plays letting so many of these guys go. Because I don't think a lot of them deserved it. I don't think Bader deserved to get his cut or leave when he did. I think he deserved. I think, they, a higher I think he just paycheck. got out.
1: Pay, I think they outpaid him. I think they paid more than they were willing to pay him. I think that I, don't, the, I think I mean Machida, I get Machida, I get Romero, honestly.
2: I don't think it's gonna hurt the UFC, but I think it's definitely been a boon on Bellator. When you can have a division that's has as much name value as theirs does, it's kind of like you know what, picking up scraps. It might not be the prettiest thing in the world, but like when you build a good roster and you look at what, what you, they have now, it's like you have Jan Blakowicz and Glover are your big title guys. and like Those guys are talented as all hell, but they don't carry much like charisma. You know what it is, Marcus? You know what it is?
1: They have different goals here, these promotions. UFC's goal is to get all these people who have ESPN who are watching ESPN for other shit to watch them, right? Bellator's goal is to just to get the people who are watching the UFC that are us yeah, to watch need, Bellator. They need eyes.
2: They need eyes. Any way they, they, get they need it.
1: the hardcore fans to actually watch, and that's not even happening right now. Um, all right, let me give you odds for these first round fights, and you tell me if we should all get a five dimes account and start maybe betting on one of these particularly. Um, So, D Y Dy is minus one fifty over Corey Anderson, who's at plus one twenty, which I feel we should look who this guy is up a little bit. I, mean, See, so gonna, I don't, don't
3: want to touch that fight because I don't know who this guy is, yeah. and even if I look him up, I'm not gonna have a frame of reference for his competition. That's not Uh, even. We look him up, Bobby. It's going to be a bunch of Russian names. We don't know who they are either. It's a rabbit hole. None of us are going to get anything out of. Like I would just not Uh, touch that fight.
1: Okay, that's not even the one I'm talking about here. We're going to get to that one. That's the the one that I think we should we should all consider. Some decisions need to be made. Um, Phil Davis is plus two seventy five to Nemkov's minus three fifty, which feels fair, honestly. Overall, I like Phil Davis, but that seems fair. Yoel Romero, minus 150. Anthony Johnson, plus 120. I think that's a lot of the betting community being like, I I don't know at all with either of these guys what's going to happen. Yoel might just stand there. Rumble might retire again. We don't know. Um, Here's the one. Ryan Bader's minus 500 against Leota Machina, plus 375. Look, I recognize how old Leota Machina is. Stefan's got a smile on his face. I recognize how old he is. However... They did not fight that long ago, did they? Because Ryan Bader jumped. Probably been eyes a little
2: closed. while, Bob. He jumped, <laughs> he jumped, eyes closed, into a punch. I don't think they had UFC uniforms back then, right? They're just doing sponsors. It's been me, a minute. Let me, let me, I know it's me, fresh in our minds because it's something that just got burned in there. Uh, but... That was nine
0: years ago, guys. That was nine ago. years decade, ago. Bobby. Okay.
1: Okay, it's been a hot minute, I
0: guess. Okay, but you don't forget that. You don't. forget that. I'm just that.
2: saying, eyes closed, he leaped into that punch. <laughs> I, I get it, and, Bob, uh, but you're also going to be like, he fights Ortiz. You'd be like, man, I remember that guillotine wasn't that long ago. I remember Tito digging that. I'm grip. just
1: saying, if anybody, if you guys all got twenty bucks, you don't want to see ever again. We can, <laughs> we can turn it into something. <laughs> um, if, if they, I, I don't see odds for the whole tournament, but if I, if, if like they give me an MCOB at like three to one. For the whole yo, thing yeah i'm in like, do you honestly, realize
0: that early ryan bader has lost to three of the competitors in this tournament pool he has lost to phil davis Leona machina and yoel romero
1: i mean he's also lost to nemcov that was that was that was recent too
0: <laughs> he did lost to yoel too he lost he to davis, yoel you sure about yeah.
2: that
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, i'm looking at his wikipedia page right now back in 2015. because i didn't remember you ever fought at 205. ryan bader Oh, shit. You know what? I'm a idiot. I was looking at Leona Machina. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was going <laughs> to say, I'm sense. just like, That's right. I'm like, I'm
1: like, didn't you? I'm like, when did Ryan made a ring 185? Remember I'm when Yoel was in Strike Force and he lost to, um, what's the name of the guy? Uh, Fei Zhao? Remember Fei yeah. Zhao was good for like a hot minute? He got that ball,
3: <laughs> Yeah, but Fei Zhao, like, didn't he pop for like the most basic of steroids? Yeah, he got
1: like Stanazol, And I was like, Jesus, it's like <laughs>
3: it's one of those ones where there's no masking agent. It's just like just let's just write it, it says steroid on the pill. Like, that's what he got bought for. <laughs> the test
0: the test result the test result is just a picture of Ed Lover with the Kabasa no, inside.
1: No, when you when you buy the supplement, it comes with the failed test you can just hand in yourself. <laughs> um yeah, I think this is going to be fun, though, and you know what? Hopefully, I have a reason to get Showtime in April, because maybe Billions wants to come back. This might be enough of a reason. We'll see how much Showtime costs. I can get like a free trial or something. My only like complaint t- is real tournament, one night only. That's
3: I get commissions. Blah blah blah. Fighter safety, health. Blah. What do you blah. mean they're at the, Stefan?
1: They're at the Indian casinos. They don't have to listen to any commission.
3: <laughs> exactly. So in my in my head, a tournament should always be one night only, two max, two max depending on the number of rounds and participants. But ideally, one.
2: All right, I I um, having
3: having
1: this is the fights,
0: Wild West, no more, man. <laughs> didn't, di- wait,
1: wait, wait, wait! Didn't we go to something one time where they did have this? Because I remember we saw like. Yeah, they did have like a they did have a tournament in one night. We have like we saw like Phil Davis fought somebody.
2: Phil Davis got a up.
3: submission in his first fight and a knockout in his other fight. Yes, and we're, that's yeah, what happened. This is this is the most successful night of Phil Davis' career. <laughs> yeah, I,
2: I think I, I agree with Steph. I think two nights, I think three three fights in one night is too much. But I do like having an opening round. I mean, this is what Pride used to do. You used to have an opening round because there's so many fuckers, you gotta eliminate the field. But then semifinals and finals one night. Because I think it makes it, I, I agree no, with you, Steph. It I does build a story. <laughs> A I weekend. want a weekend. I, like want <laughs> I want to do Friday.
1: I want rings. I'm talking about Warrior, the movie. Come on. You guy fought fucking Kurt Angle on one night, some other guy on a second night, and his brother on the third night. No, right? I, That's like, what
3: I'm I like that. the We talked about it, like fighter safety, the styles and the damage. When you go to like, obviously kickboxing is a different beast, but when you look at when Overeem one K1, that was the story. Guys got hurt along the way, which cleared the path for... Okay, Overeem might do this now because his biggest roadblocks, this guy's got a broken arm. This guy had to retire they kicked like, him in the arm. <laughs> like you you want stuff like I like part that's part of the tournament to me is the war of attrition, you know. So, um you know, hopefully and it's, it's just not Vark. I, I have some hurt feelings from Strike Force where
1: we like went months between. Well, okay, let, like let, these me let me and defend Strike Force. Let me defend Strikeforce. I forgot that forward. shit was even happening anymore. <laughs> well, this is what happened in February. The U- They announced their heavyweight tournament, and Stefan said the field's going to win, which ultimately was Daniel Cormier, <laughs> who was better than everybody else. That was February. In March, the UFC bought Strikeforce. And then they just started taking people. Like, in the middle of the tournament. Like, they took Overeem beat Verdum. And then the UFC, the, the UFC, then they now, Strikeforce has released Overeem. And then the UFC has signed Overeem. And we're like, that's convenient. Okay, <laughs> that worked out. All right, guys, this has been a long show already. But let's do stuff we like real quick here. Um, I've just been playing Spider-Man and enjoying WandaVision. And I was watching an episode of Dark Side of the Ring today that I'd already talked about that show. They announced the next season. I'm excited for the episode about North Korea having a WCW event. Uh, There's a really cool YouTube video. Someone made an animated version of that story already. It's real cool. I'm interested in the Brian Pillman story, mostly because they're going to talk to Stone Cold about the crazy angle. Where Brian Pillman pulled a gun on him on Monday Night Raw. And then Vince McMahon had to explain to people that that wasn't a real gun the next week. Got real uncomfortable for. 1997 was wild. Okay, wrestling was wild in 1997. Um, and then dovetailing into one something else. I was watching. Um, I've been watching 1998. I, I paid for the WWE network for one month, so I figured I might as well watch some shit. So I was watching a uh, some 1998 pay per views. And um, when Stone Cold would wrestle, there was a sense of chaos in the entire arena at all times. Like it was just like at all times, people were screaming. I mean, it was like. Vince McMahon's a referee. Pat Patterson's a ring announcer. Mick Foley is taking chair shots to the head like it's nobody's business at all times. I get why we all love this. It was insane television at the time. Um, like, seriously. It was, it, was, it was like, Mike, you have the network right now. Over the Edge 1998 and Unforgiven 1998. You want some back-to-back nonsense with Stone Cold. And then um, and then I watched some uh, The Rock when he was first to rock as a bad guy doing heel promos. And the crowd was both booing and loving him because that was the point where, like, people loved how awesome and funny he was, but he was still a bad guy. So that was real fun. But uh, that's it. Um, Mike, what do you got this week?
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I just finished writing down Over the Edge 98. And what was the other one?
1: By the to be clear, you got to watch Over the Edge 98. Because Over the Edge 99 is when Owen Hart happened. Just putting that out there. And the okay, other one is so Unforg- one, Un- right? Un- 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 Unforgiven 98. You don- By the way, you just want to skip straight to the main event. <laughs> okay. All right. Save yeah. me
0: about six hours of my life.
1: Well, Unforgiven 98, Kane's going to catch fire in the co main event
0: if you want to see that. Nice. All right. Maybe I'll watch yeah. that. Okay. Uh, um, so, a few things from you this week. Um, I might have mentioned this before, but I just finished binge watching the whole series on Netflix, but JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Gives I, I give it a full-throated two thumbs up, uh, Steph. You have a this pose for more... us though. What's your JoJo uh, pose, Mike? <laughs> uh, well this this isn't exactly a visual medium, so it is the for audience... me, motherfucker.
2: I want to see you do a JoJo pose. There you go. Oh yeah, Mike just killed it. Okay, good job. <laughs> um,
0: but Steph, I know you'll appreciate this. That with a lot of animes, they'll run into the problem of uh, power scaling. Where they'll just get to a point where like they're just God level and, you know, no one else can ever, you know, hope to be anyone but the, you know, except for the main character. One thing I've enjoyed through all of the seasons of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is that for the most part, the characters are, they don't get better. Right. Maybe just like a little better with a little time. But for the most part, the way that they overcome all of the enemies throughout all of the, the, the generations is through intelligence and guile, uh, for, for the most part with, with all of them, which is, uh, one thing I appreciate because it, it gives, uh, all of the battles a real sense of all right, how the hell are they going to pull this out? Like, how, how are they going to win in, in, in this particular matchup? So really enjoyed that show. Um I know Steph you said you had watched a few episodes of it um but you couldn't really get into it. I highly recommend you giving the show another shot and any of you out there. It's on Netflix and on Crunchyroll for anyone who wants to watch that. Besides that, a uh two for one uh Sells at Work season two just came out with its second season. And uh, the first season of uh, Cells at Work Code Black just came out. For those of you that don't know, Cells at Work, it's an anime essentially about the human body where you know, white blood cells, red blood cells, T cells, killer cells, dendrites, memory cells, all of the cells have very specific characteristics to them.
3: Mike, what's better, Cells at Work or Osmosis
0: Jones? Cells at Work. Okay, I, I like
1: Osmosis Jones. I'll be. One second, one second. I wasn't listening that carefully. I'll be honest, but you just said this movie, this thing was better than Osmosis Jones. So,
0: so a way Osmosis Jones is like Rush Hour guys...
1: animated in a body.
0: <laughs> well, to 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 give you guys a better reference, as stuff just said, yes, yeah, Cells at Work is essentially Japanese Osmosis Jones. Uh, it's it's very informational. It, You're gonna it's learn. Its something.
3: You're gonna learn about the human yeah, you,
0: and the body you learn and then you know and also uh my favorite characters on the show are the uh, the platelets uh the platelets are uh, characterized as little kindergarten kids and they are so adorable um really enjoy the show uh cells at work code black it's a a spin-off show whereas cells at work is a very bright and bubbly representation of the human body Cells that were code black is not that. Um, Those poor cells are within a body that um, smokes all the time, eats crappy food. And I've only watched the first episode so far because that's all that's been released. But essentially, it's a body that is shutting down and all of the horrible shit that happens within your body. So I'm very interested to see how that goes. So jojo's bizarre adventure and the two cells at work which you can find i think you can find the first season of cells at work on netflix for the rest you would have to go to Crunchyroll.
1: i've just in my head been slowly storyboarding an osmosis jones psa like short film they can do where osmosis jones teams up with the covid vaccine and he helps him out and i i really think there's an opportunity here to sell some kids on some shit y'all you know, getting this thing done man whoever's going the rights to Osmosis Jones. Let's let's get it. Let's make it happen, guys. Like this is this is an opportunity here, all right? <laughs> Marcus, what do you got this week?
2: Yeah, kind of like this week. Not a ton of new stuff. Um I'd be remiss to not mention that it was me and Christine's 10th anniversary on Saturday. That was very what? fun. Yeah, a whole decade. Um when it comes to stuff that you guys can also participate in besides being in a healthy relationship, um I finally saw Ready Player 1 and I kind of enjoyed it. Um I was trying to think when I was watching it like I remember Steph watched it. I was trying to remember, like, I know you weren't super hot on it, I think. And I think – and what I kind of remember you saying is I, like,
1: I asked Stefan to watch this. Maybe it was a month ago. And Stefan was just like, nah, man, you're good. <laughs> if I remember the correct thing, See, the problem I just...
3: is um, I – and it's very rare that this occurs. I ended up being one of the people who read the book first. And it's hard to go from
2: the book to the movie. But I kind of remember one of your complaints, wasn't it, being that they didn't quite get enough properties, right? I thought that That's was something that you is, kind of mentioned.
3: In, in a book where you don't have to worry –
2: Oh, yeah, you kind of muted out there a sec. Oh, Thanks, go Mark, you're, the making, use, you're, the making, you're making
1: use of an HBO Max subscription, Marcus? Is yeah, that what well, this is?
2: I actually <laughs> bought the Blu-ray a while ago. Me and Christine were both interested in seeing it. We just hadn't pulled the trigger. Um, And I think like what Stefan was going to say, in the beginning of the movie, I you didn't feel that. Like there is enough stuff outside of the WB universe that they pull from that's like, okay, this is kind of widespread. Over the course of over two hours you tend to see a lot of the same people over and over again it's like okay they got tracer from overwatch but that's all they got from overwatch They got chung lee from street fighter but that's kind of all they got they and you'll see fucking batman a lot cuz they're warner brothers so they got that shit tied down i will say with even even without them being able to really have like the breadth and scope that the book did and really be able to pull pull stuff out from all different angles of pop culture i still really enjoyed the film it's kind of uneven at some points, or it definitely takes itself super seriously at some points, and then it's really silly. So it's hard. It, 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 I think, it struggles to find a unified voice throughout the film. But I think if you look at it just as being kind of a fun blockbuster film, I really enjoyed it. I had a really good time. I, I do think it's kind of one of my favorite video game movies because it's very video gamey. I mean, it basically just is a video game. I think they do a really good job about you know just keeping me in the through line, keeping me interested in the world and what's going on. And yeah, at the end I was like, I kind of wish they were able to pull stuff from Disney and Nintendo and Sega and have more variety in the pop cu- culture. But the stuff they they really were able to dig in on, and I think the scene where they had like the shining, I thought was really fun. It, 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 obviously I I really like the shining, uh the film, and they were able to pull a lot of stuff from that. So I, I really enjoyed the film. I, I think if you're a video game fan or a fan of pop culture culture I think it's totally w- worth watching. I think it was entertaining. It's a bit long. It's over two hours. Um, but I did enjoy it. Um, the last thing that I failed to mention last week that I wanted to uh, you know, give some props to, um, the UFC video games have been a little disappointing over the years. But one thing I really do want to give credit to the developers are is they really keep on the game. And when Connor had his match like a month ago, they had a big update. They had a new version of Connor, but they also did a lot of gameplay tweaks and I started playing it last week and the game feels a lot better than it did when I first bought it. I think they've made a lot of improvements, especially to animation um, and the striking. The striking has just gotten even better. They added cav kicks. They've added a lot of little things to really make the game overall better. So, you know, after this update, I'm like, I'm feeling a little better about what EA Can potentially do with the license because they are going to make, they've already said they've got the license for another 10 years or something, which was a little disappointing. I I wouldn't have mind another developer trying to take the rings and and doing something unique with it. Um, But they've improved and there's still, there's a long ways to go. They really need to to fix the grappling. They need to make that, that needs to be a priority. The biggest thing they need to fix is the finishing animations. When you TKO somebody on the ground, it just, it looks bad. It's always looked bad since they've had it it is a glaring omission. It should be the funnest part of the game is when you finally crush some dude and you get to land some extra strikes or something. They need to make that look impressive and to really make you feel like you finished the fight instead of it just looks very canned and, and kind of shitty. But I was really impressed. They made some good improvements, so I'm I'm interested to see what they do from here. But yeah, that's it. Kind of a light week.
1: All right, Steph, close it out for us.
3: Yeah, sorry. I had the classic uh, dog uncables my microphone situation. Um Bobby, maybe you'll experience that someday soon. But um, a few things, I guess... She's uh, far too sleepy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Since I wasn't here last week, um, I don't remember what the last thing I ever talked about was. Um, I did talk about Mike. Um, I Finally, I caught up in super-powered way my through to catch up, uh, get up to date on Attack on Titan. uh, Speaking of anime, I dropped off in the third season. Honestly, it was getting a bit convoluted. Um, The story was losing me. It was getting confusing. But uh, I, I mentioned this when I was talking to Mark about it, is but how they're paying it off in the fourth and final season, I go back and I'm like, oh, that's, this show is a fucking masterpiece. Um, this story is, you, you, the third makes you churn a little, but where we're going with it and how it's paying off, like, man, like what a goddamn series. Um, if, to, if I could watch it again with fresh eyes and not knowing um, what a treat it would be. Um, so I'm enjoying that a lot. Um, TV show, Bob, I asked you about it, but uh, hung out with my sister who has Apple TV. So I got to check it out. Um, Ted Lasso is an amazing show and it deserves awards and i have to yeah, say this our,
1: our buddy phil has been talking about this show for a few months now well, he really likes it you asked what phil
3: said about it and i'm like phil is about to give the most mild take and he's like yes yes I'm good and i'm like i yeah. don't know what to do with that phil you, you don't you know you don't have strong feelings on things like i love you phil but you have very lukewarm feelings on things you're not hyperbolic phil i need i need the passion but um Man, it's fantastic film. and I say that with the caveat I hate Jason Sudeikis. I don't like him. I don't think he's funny. I, don't, I haven't liked him in anything he's been in. I've actively disliked him in most things I've seen him in. And Ted Lasso, his, his titular character, he's endearing in this show. Um it's a different note for him. You know, I have actors like this um there's there's another guy uh, was it Nick Kroll is another one of those guys who I typically don't like him um the guy i was it um Manzukis, what's his first name jason um, jason manzo he's another guy they're they're characters who i find most of their characters to be super one note and i just don't like him but i heard Manzukis in a podcast and i'm like oh when he drops his shtick i kind of like him and oh yeah he's I- way better
1: in podcast. <laughs>
3: Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's just Sudeikis in this show, whatever change in character. And that, that's why I just want to concede that revelation, because I've been pretty adamant about not liking Sudeikis as a comedic actor. But Ted Lasso has so much heart. And it's really amazing to me. I'm a fan of the English Premier League, but you don't need to know shit about soccer. The soccer is really just a set dressing on the show. It the, What the show is actually about has so little to do with actual soccer that I think it's pretty accessible to people what's not accessible is Apple plus apple plus is
1: not a service that too many people i have uh if it my you sister, have to have you have to flat out have an apple tv don't you is that the only way it's going to work is it even available other places honest I was, question i think it is i like, think
2: it's on like playstation 4 and stuff
1: oh it is okay i didn't know yeah oh, smart yeah. tv my my,
3: mom, my sister logged into my uh, our mom's smart tv so um there's clearly there's an app for it but it's just that's in the streaming wars, that's not one you hear a lot of people talking about. So, no. um, good for them that they have something. It's just it's a recommendation. I don't feel too many people are going to get to see, but if you get it, I think Ted Lasso is really worth your time. Um, but the thing that I really want to pitch this week, um, I mentioned it to Mark, and Mark, I when you got some free time and you're dicking around on YouTube, check out some of their videos because I absolutely adore this YouTube channel. Um, the name of the channel is called Mister Sunday Movies, but um, it's two Australian dudes and they just talk about the stuff we like. They talk about comic book movies, they talk about Star Wars movies, um and they're really funny because they shit on a lot of things but in very comedic ways. They have an ongoing series called The Caravan of Garbage.
2: Yeah, that's um, and the, that's what I wanted you to say because when you said yeah. when you said like, "Oh, have you seen Mr. Sun, I was like, "No, I don't remember seeing him. but when you said Caravan, Caravan of Garbage, I was like, "Oh no, I've seen Thumbs thumbnails of that being recommended to me but I haven't watched this i I just because
3: the the first one i watched was them uh there was them talking about the pilot episode of the marvel inhumans tv series particularly because it is at the bottom of disney plus and they riff on it they're like oh and it's hidden on disney plus they put it at the bottom corner they don't even claim it as like the marvel they call it like marvel adjacent like stuff but it's just—it's really funny. They have a chaotic style. I think their videos are really cleverly edited. Um, when they do reviews, I like that they only have two scores on their review system: it's best movie ever or worst movie ever. Um, and it's just—again, they're just really comedic guys. But I've ended up on a binge. You know, i never checked out their material, but it's funny to hear them talk about Batman versus Superman. It's funny to hear them talk about mm. Justice League. The the X Men trilogy they had a, the most recent video is what is the best Dark Phoenix movie because they've all been bad <laughs> and they're like um they, they, but what I appreciate is they know their shit too you know when they talk about two heroes they reference X Men characters that have only ever been on the page have never made it to live action they they're they're clearly well versed um they talk about the Pacific Rim movies you know which was I really enjoyed the first one and that's kind of a forgotten franchise but. You know they they're just that geek nerd culture they they kind of cover it and i i just think they're they're really charming they're really funny the australian accent it, it definitely helps with a bit it's just kind of like when people have an english accent you could just listen to talk th- about things more often but um i've really been digging just kind of going through their library and it's kind of a fun thing like when you discover a tv show that you can binge um youtube is very much the same way you can kind of see a lot of their content but um i've really enjoyed their videos so uh it's probably somewhere in your recommended. You've you've had it on the side ticker somewhere, but uh, it's worth a click. Check them out,
1: man. Your your mention of Apple of the Apple Plus or whatever it is was that was that, Which one of you guys was I talking to about Paramount Plus?
0: I, I forgot. Mean, I mean, thought it was one of you guys.
1: I t- it I might think, have been Mike.
0: I think he may have mentioned it to me. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because I saw that they're bringing Fraser back, and yep. like it's gonna be Fraser like now. Like Fraser, they're gonna have Fraser. They're gonna. I mean, the dad's dead, but Fraser, Niles, Daphne. And I'm like, I, I love Frazier. People in this listen to this podcast might know this. I fucking love Frazier. It's one of my favorite shows. But they said it's going to be on Paramount Plus, And I'm just sitting here like, the fuck is Paramount what Plus? Are, I got to go, is, I got to get something new. Like, I, there's too many. I can't do all these. Some of these are going to have to go. What, what are the chances
0: Eddie is still alive? I think Eddie's
1: definitely dead. Eddie's the dog. There's no way Eddie is still alive, actually. That is, I don't know if there was the same Eddie for the entire show, I'll be honest. That show had like 13, was. that was like a 13 year show, man. That was a, there was a lot of Frasier. So I'm just, there's too many streaming networks, honestly. I, I'm not getting, I guess I'm going to get Peacock if I keep the WWE network, which I don't plan on doing though. Unless there's something on Peacock I should be watching. And old episodes of The Office is not, a, old episodes of anything is not a reason for me to get your service. Honestly. I mean,
3: it's just a matter of time. We, we were at a uh, streaming critical mass a while ago. Um. Remember when AOL, Time, and Warner Brothers were different companies? We're gonna get that in the streaming in the next couple years. There's gonna be some type of HBO, Peacock, uh, Apple Plus. Like, there's just too many.
2: There's honestly, like,
1: straight up, like at this point for you guys, does having an old library of old shows do anything for you anymore? Or does it have to be like? I mean, I guess it helps, but like, that's not a reason to get a service anymore for me. At least I don't need. If you got The Office or Parks and Rec, cool. But like i can get those I, I like i need new shit
0: I, I like having a stable of old shows not so much to watch the shows but to have it on in the background like white noise when i have to do shit around the house
1: that's fair it's just oh, yeah i mean I'll the people, all these people ahead, Steph, oh, i was just
3: gonna say i'll say for me bob i agree with you um i've been binging shows before binge culture became a thing yeah. like when the office left Netflix, I wasn't sad. You know why? Because I've watched that series end to end enough times now. Like, I've I've fully gone through The Office at least 15 times. I'm good. But Disney Plus excites me because they keep giving me Marvel shows that I want. They keep you on the hook. I hate the fucking weekly format. I hate that they're doing that, but I get why they're doing that. It's smart on a business end, but I, I'm with you, Bob. I need new content at this point. Like.
1: Yeah, it's just, I mean, look, I, you said, I mean, do you know how many times I've watched the West Wing? Like I've, I've watched the West Wing, 30 Rock, all these shows. I love them. And I, I watched Frasier again a year ago, six months ago. I don't know. I've lost concept of time under COVID. But like at this point, like, like there was a hot minute between D- uh, Mandalorian season one and Mandalorian season two where like, if we hadn't already paid, and like the we as in me and Mike are in the same Disney Plus thing, if we hadn't paid for an entire year, I would have been like, I'm not using this. Like, i like I like all the Marvel movies, don't get me wrong, but like I'm not watching these enough to justify cost. Like And I ultimately I look, it's like it's five bucks here, six bucks there, seven bucks there. This shit adds up, man. Like, ultimately, this shit all adds up at a certain point. It's how your cable bill was like $150 and stuff, so. I don't know so these things are gonna. What is The Simpsons on? Is The Simpsons on it's Disney? Disney Plus. Disney Plus. So yeah, Disney Plus. Right. Okay. Yeah, Disney Plus is really. I mean, they're gonna have to jack that price up soon. Anyway, that's that's coming soon. You gotta think. I'll give that as much as Netflix jacks prices up every fucking you know six months, four months, three months, or something on Netflix, where I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm I'm Let's the closest on, th- on
2: dropping Netflix if I'm being honest. Of of all the things I, I pay for, I that was like Hulu. you're not you're not getting is as... Hulu for me. It's just part of the Disney thing because i get that and espn it's just part of they they got bundled well, yeah, for me hulu
1: see for me hulu is doesn't serve any purpose if i already i'm already paying for youtube tv so i don't get like that's all those shows i'm already everyone having.
2: Yeah, everyone you know we don't have the cable packages now we have we pick yeah. and choose the streaming things we have and and you know it differs everyone but for me like netflix has been the one where it's like i'm not really utilizing this much uh, would you, would you have, have,
1: how long how long ago would you guys have dropped amazon prime if it wasn't just coming with your shit until like the boys came along or something like how long of that did, did that just exist as Part of the hundred bucks. Wait, you're paying Amazon what are you talking about, Bob? Go. I constantly
3: forget that Amazon Prime has a streaming service. That's Amazon video. Prime is a consumerism shopping service for me, and, I, and, I just, and I, the fact I, that it has streaming is a fringe benefit because I oh, constantly yeah. forget that there are shows on Amazon. Do, Prime. do you ever go in there? You go into Amazon Prime sometimes. You're like, "Fuck, this is here. Okay, I'm watching this." Like, I mean, welcome <laughs> to correct me if I'm wrong. Another reason I forget is because of the handful of times I've ventured there, shittiest interface. Absolutely. Oh, it's terrible worst interface for searching shows, watching shows clicking next episode. Is, it is like a mess to look through their streaming
0: and, stuff. And here's something that puts me blind with rage. Like you'll search Amazon Prime for something. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, I was oh, gonna say this yes. to Mike. Oh, shit. Awesome. They have it. Then you click into it and it's like rents it for 1399. I was gonna say the dude, same like, thing.
1: What Hulu does that shit too, though, man? Hulu's just like, oh, if you watch this, you gotta have the fucking add on to be able they to watch do. This shit. I think
2: the thing that's different is on Google, it'll say like Hulu stars. I'm like, okay. But that that really is the thing. I think when you talk Bobby, about like, oh, I don't watch old stuff, like every now and then I'll be like, oh, there's an old movie I wanna rewatch or a series or something. Yeah. And then you do the Google search. And then yeah, more often than not, the only time I see Prime just like mike i'm like oh baby i gotta log in for them or watch that movie. and you go there and it's like 5.99 to rent i was like no you told me it was no you lied to me you betrayed yeah. my you know
1: trust i mean this isn't really i mean i don't know what the solution to this is like i've like i would actually I, i've actually rented movies before on like shit to watch like youtube and stuff like that um sure. you can't really do that with series yeah, because be all cool. these other all because when you rent a movie it's always like okay you got like oh you know 48 hours to watch this shit or something right what am I gonna do? Rep Batman animated series, and they're like, "All right, buddy, you got a month and a half to fucking go hog wild here." What price are they gonna do that thing? At a certain point, it just goes into the thing. By the way, some of these streaming services, I own some of these things, like these movies, and I'm like, "Oh, well, it's in the streaming service too." So that was yeah, possible. I had a waste Ready Player
2: One on Blu-ray, but I'm like, "It's on HBO Max." I'm not gonna go. I, out the I bought.
1: I bought Batman animated series not that long ago, like beginning of COVID, because I'm like, I'm gonna go through this. And I didn't go through all of it, but then, like, it's on HBO Max because HBO Max is just the land of Batman movies. That is where you go for Batman. And let me tell you guys, between Batman 2 and Batman 3, the real movies, there's a drop-off in quality that I feel isn't discussed enough. Because a lot of times people say Batman movies were just not good until Batman Begins. No. Batman 1 and 2 with Tim Burton were fine. Okay? Batman 3 with, Chris, with when Robin shows up and Val Kilmer is a fucking travesty. And then it gets honestly better when Arnold shows up in the fourth one because they recognize how bad the movie is. They just lean into it. This has gone off the rails. I got to eat some fucking dinner. Thank you all for listening to this. Um, We're going to see if Derek Lewis can survive the human blanket that is Curtis Blades. That sounds mean. Curtis Blades is a good fighter. It's just – I might call them three melatonin Curtis Blades. So um, that might be fair too. Um, we're gonna see uh, if we get any more news that from um, Bellator that makes us talk about it for twenty minutes. That was exciting times, folks. I think the following week after this, the Biggie Boy's fighting. If I'm not mistaken, I think Biggie Boy's fighting against Gane the week after this. This card, um, I think. Well, let's just kind of roll with that logic, um, quite frankly. Um, and that's a big fight right there. It sounds like the, we I think we discussed a few weeks ago. Um, the guy who just knocked out Overeem should fight that guy. Um. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah that is true that is September that is, uh February 27th and then a the week after that we're gonna see if we got a double champion in Izzy fun things ahead card every fucking week thank you all for listening I was Dr. Law that was Kit Presentable that was DJ Mark and that was Lavender Gooms see y'all next week stay safe wear your mask if you can get the vaccine get that vaccine Osmosis Jones thinks it's a good idea peace out
3: see ya peace
0: Cheers.